0: Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You know, people, if you have a podcast, a videocast, an audiobook, or if, if you need a studio built, Sweet Recording's a place for you. Joe Jamie not only knows his stuff and he's honest, but he's a hell of a guy. So reach out to them. Go to their website, Recording, S-U-I-T-E, com, or email them at hello at com. Anyway, this is the uh, first the first revamped episode of the Coop Tank, and what I'm going to do every week is I'm going to bring in three of my esteemed, I guess you could say, esteemed colleagues, who uh, are good people and they know their stuff, and we're going to talk about the business world. We're going to take it wherever it goes. We'll talk about some topics that some people don't talk about, but that's about it. And my guests today, it's funny, I just got them together because I like them all, and then I noticed that. Each of their initials or names are in their company name. And I said, that's that's a coincidence. So I know this is going to be a good show. And uh, my first guest, he's going to tell us a little about himself, is John Cruz from John Cruz Photography.
1: Uh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, I'm John Cruz with John Cruz Photography. I am a boutique portrait photographer. And what I do is I create signature wall pieces or custom albums for families, pets, high school seniors. I like to convert stories into images that they can have forever.
0: All right. Uh, my next guest is, uh, believe it or not, she's a, she's a big heavy metal fan. And uh, my guest is uh, Kirsten Toller from KMT. Her initials, Consulting.
2: How about that? Hi, I'm Kirsten Toller. I'm a CPA. Um, our CPA firm, KMT Consulting, is a boutique CPA firm. We work with small to mid-sized businesses, individuals, usually people that are just starting their businesses. Um, I've been a CPA for over 25 years. Absolutely love the work that I do. And we just came off a tax season, so I'm feeling a lot more relaxed than I normally am.
0: All right, and my final guest is uh, man. He's a powerhouse lawyer. He's actually helped my wife out with a legal situation, and he uh, shredded the opponents. Like, Kirsten, you're like shredded like a guitar. He shredded the I opponent. Could play and he's uh from Katie Law Group, Mr. Kevin De Duke. Hey,
3: everybody, Kevin De Duke from Katie Law, the owner and principal attorney here in Haddonfield, New Jersey. Uh, Katie Law is a comprehensive real estate law firm who specializes in everything from residential to commercial transactions, land use, zoning, litigation, and just really happy to be here. And Woody Retorts, we specialize in Woody Retorts as well. So.
0: That's what we need, that's what we need anyway. So I wanna start off with, i mean, anyone can talk when you want. And the question for me, I wanna ask you is, you all have gone out on your own, okay? You all had successful careers with other companies. I wanna find out why why you went out on your own. Was there a certain reason, or were you just tired of the bullshit, or, or why did you go out on your own? Who wants to start?
3: Are we gonna draw straws? We okay. all, no, had, we all had so much fun doing it, right? Go ahead, take it away, Kevin. So I basically went out on my own um, after having a pretty decent health scare. I had a stroke January 18th of 2021. Got out of the hospital a couple of days later, a guy that I was working with said to me, you know, I think you're working too much. And I said, wow, that's probably the most captain obvious thing that I've heard in a long time. Uh, yes, I am working too much. And yes, I'm giving too much of what I'm doing to you. So I'm going to go ahead and do it for myself. And with the encouragement of great friends, Kirsten was a big part of that journey going into uh opening up the firm and it's just been gravy ever since right every day is a bucket of rainbows
0: it's funny i know kevin because i remember when you were going out on your own i remember meeting you in, in, a, in a zoom meeting and you were still with your old company and we had talked about that now kirsten you worked with the firm for a long time i believe what made you go out on your own
2: um kind of I did certainly didn't have a health scare. Uh, God bless you, Kevin. Um, and I do remember that time in your life. And as as your friend, I was obviously very concerned about you. Um, but I'm very glad to see that your witty retorts are still very healthy and good. Um, so my my story is a little different. Um, but because I've been doing this for so long, I had a couple opportunities in my career um, to kind of jump out on my own. But what really kind of clinched it for me was the last firm that I was at um, I had entered that firm. It was the first time I would ever had to bring my book with me. So I've, I've been doing this on my own. I'll call it my side chick for like 18 years at that point. And I, I loved it. I loved the work, but when I joined that firm, the idea was that I would path to partner and because of my soft skills and, you know, just, I'm, I'm not really that typical CPA. Right. So, two or three years into my tenure with this firm, the firm was growing and my clients were no longer desirable. And all of a sudden it's like Sophie's choice. So which clients stay, which clients go. And in 2020, I actually had the opportunity to carve out a piece of my book and I had still had my LLC, never got rid of it. Um, And so a woman that's worked with me for a long time, she handled the heavy lifting of the prep. I had to review and sign the returns but it was sort of the beginning of the end. And then as I'm kind of going through the COVID days, I'm like the only person I really knew of in my firm with the exception of maybe a handful of other people that were doing any kind of Zoom networking. Nobody, it was, it was just, I just saw more and more, I was a total fish out of water. Um, and so I had a very frank conversation with the managing partner of the Philadelphia office. That's where I had worked for this firm uh, when I left. And she basically told me, she said, look, I see you. I see what you're doing. I see you bringing in business. I see you with the staff. She's like, and if you ever wanted to go out on your own again, I would deny, deny, deny to HR, but I would absolutely help you. And that was a moment for me because I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. What I'm feeling was not false. So in November of 2020, I transitioned from that firm to my LLC full-time. And there was a lot of negotiation with clients. I mean, um, most in professional service. I don't know if it's as crazy with attorneys, maybe because you guys can spit the lingo back to each other and, you know, make all kinds of like veiled, amazing legal, you know, legal threats. Right. Um, but I had to navigate that and it was painful. Um, but I did it. I did it. And I've never been happier. Never.
0: It's been funny. Happier. It's funny because both you and Kevin were in the same field. Now, John, you left. Yeah. Have- you're left your field to go on photography. You wasn't like you were like a commercial photographer. You were like an architect or something. What what was your what was your yeah, path? No, yeah. I, I took I took
1: I did not take that path at all.
3: So you've got a happy story that jerk. Go ahead. Tell <laughs>
1: him, go ahead. <laughs> no, I have um so I have two bachelor's degrees, one in business, one in architecture. Um I spent 20 years actually at Vanguard, the um investment management company. I started out there just because I needed a job and I was like so I did problem resolution. I became a statistical analyst. I was doing um, process improvement, and I did investor behavior. I built the helped build the uh, financial planning product. Um, and then I went back to finish my architecture degree. That was my original major, because uh, I, I missed creative. I wanted to go make buildings. Um, so I was doing that at night at Drexel. And then the financial collapse happened, and all of my architect friends were laid off, and none of them would get jobs. And they were like, why are you even thinking about coming into this field at this point? Um, so a friend of mine was uh, a web design manager over on the 401k side. And he said, come do user experience design. Like, I don't know anything about web design. And he's like, it's architecture with a different building material, do that here. And so that's what I ended up doing for like another 10 years. I worked in various user experience design um, projects. I was put on special projects, like different things. Cause I was kind of like that jack of all trades um, person. Um, And photography was something I picked up as a hobby when I graduated because I had all this new free time and and a a need for a creative outlet. So I would wander around the city, take photos of buildings because that's what architecture nerds do. And then I started taking street scenes with people in it. And then I started to get some traction on Instagram. I met some people, started doing portraits. And in portraits was the first time it felt like a design process because I'm talking with an individual, I'm interviewing them about who they are, and then I can translate that into a singular image. And so I was working on a project. It was like rounding up the need for me. So I was talking to my manager about the next opportunity and everything felt like a retread. And I just said to him, I think I'm just gonna quit. And he's like, what? I said, I think I'm just gonna go do this photography thing. I've, I've gotten some inquiries. I've gotten some published in some magazines. I got like a little bit here. So I think I'm just gonna go do that. And I remember my buddy who was that design manager originally pulled me over to that side at the time. Um, He and I had like, he and I had drinks after work one night and he said, you know what it is? Because, so I'm a single guy with no kids. And he's like, you don't have any inherent problems in your life. You're just going to create your own. And he's like, (laughs) so so what I did was, yeah, I I walked away from 20 years. And um, in March of 19, I started my photography company and, you know, lock on wood, we're still, we're still going. So
3: that came for my kids, actually, inherent problems, inherent (laughs) problems, inherent too."
1: Now, now
0: yeah. you guys all have your businesses, okay? We all go on LinkedIn, and I, I've noticed there's a lately there well, maybe in the last since pandemic, there's a rash of people who are just full of shit. Okay. They're, they're self-proclaimed experts. They're, they, they all think they can start a business. And, And some people don't know what it takes to start a business. You know, it takes more than networking. It takes more than, you know, just, you know, saying, Hey, I started a business. It's a lot of work. So like for you, Kirsten, what was, what were some of the, I mean, you came with a book already, so you had a client base, but what were some of the hard things when you sit there and all of a sudden, you know, you're not getting, definite check, or you know, you're not sitting there getting this, what were some of the problems you ran into in the beginning?
2: So the first year out, um, so I'd worked for really big firms in the past. I'd worked in corporate, I did consulting, right? So I had this, this bandwidth of, you know, kind of what you know. And then having worked with a lot of businesses, right, especially smaller businesses just starting, you realize like, well, here's the things that you don't know you don't know. So the first year that I'm in business, I I called it my my year of grace because there was a ton that I knew, but I didn't know how to implement it. I knew I needed this, but I couldn't figure out how to do it effectively. And I got it done, but it was like a duck on a pond. The second year, I called it my year of discovery because that was the year I was like, "Holy shit! I need an IT group. I need an administrative, dedicated administrative person. Like all the stuff that I kind of see and and you know, advise clients about. It was like, you know, look in the mirror. Like that, you need to do this. Hello, wake up. So for me, it wasn't so much. Um, it wasn't difficult. Because I knew I knew what had to do. It was the it was the implementation of the things to get them to the point where at, in some instances, I knew too much. I knew what I wanted it to look like. but it was like, well, how, how do I get it there? Um I'm fortunate that I have some really good support. I have really good um, like networking people that I trust, people I can talk to. Um, and and just kind of talking to other, small business owners, other people that you know are peers. Um, you know, everybody struggles with the same thing. It's trying to figure out how to take what you've designed this business around and make that your focus but there's all this other business crap that has to happen behind the scenes, right? Now I'm the person that handles the business crap. So for me, it's like, oh, I know what needs to happen. But now mm-hmm. I needed somebody else to do it because I can't do what I'm good at if I'm constantly trying to manage all the other things. You, just, you can't do that in a business that's growing. Um, so I, I think to your question, I was I was kind of lucky. Because I, it wasn't unknown to me what I needed to do. For me, it was more the implementation of how to do it. And then also the perfectionist in me when, you know, I would slip or when something would happen or I wouldn't do something the way I wanted to do it. It's sort of giving myself that grace to say, oh, you know what? Could have done that differently. How do I make sure that doesn't happen again? Okay, now Kevin, that was really for me.
0: Well, Kevin, for you, I know you've grown fast, and I mean, we've talked about you had problems even getting help because of the market. But how was it for you? Because you, in, you've been on your own for a while, but your office has grown, so you're getting the business. But what was it like in the beginning? What was yeah. it like when you just went on your own? I mean, and you have kids, and and you, like John said, he doesn't have kids. I don't have kids, so we can do what we want. Problems. But, yeah, you have inherent kids inherent and a problem. wife, and it's it's not. You have, you have to start kicking ass in the beginning because you know you want your kids to get the toys, you know, you don't have to sit and walk around. But so what was the problems you had in the very beginning? What was it like when you first started?
3: It's funny, not funny, right? Because I had a book that came with me and as a lawyer, nine times out of 10, probably 99 times out of a hundred. When you get a client, they give you money and you put it in a little thing called a trust account. So when I moved in my building downstairs to my new shiny office, with my 42 clients in hand, I $38,000 in trust money that was supposed to trickle its way down the stairs and follow me down the hall, except it didn't. And that was a problem. That was a real problem on so many levels. But as a business owner, there's a fight or flight mentality mm-hmm. that you have because even though you're running your business and you're doing the thing, like you're making the widgets and you make the widgets and they're great widgets and people love them. Then you're running the business behind you and then life punches you in the face, right? The unknown and people's personal debauchery, the professional debauchery seethes its way through and infects your ability to operate as a business owner. And it's not fun by any means, but to Hearson's benefit, to my benefit, to John's benefit, you do have people in your wheelhouse that will support you. So I was fortunate in the sense that I was able to make a quick recovery from my initial shock value of, okay, this happened. Because you can do two things when something happens. You can sit there and think about it or do something about it. But thinking about it doesn't get anything done about the thing that you're thinking about. So the reality is, Mm -hmm. all right, it happened time to move on have to fix the issue and that happens every day in a business owning a business something happens you just don't expect it you have to move and do something for and to that and keep on trucking so that's what we do something
1: you mentioned that i that i want to like come back to and, and kind of Because and am you had a similar story and I think that this is interesting. And Steve, this is part of like the whole concept of networking when you're doing these things, like you have to like, you, you figure out very quickly who in that network is a support structure and who are just people that are collecting people because there's two types of networking. There's building relationships and collecting names. And they're not the same thing. And when you really need to lean on people, you need to know where are the actual relationships and, have we have i cultivated that enough where this favor doesn't feel burdensome and and or or vice versa and i think that that's some of the things where you know especially um with the pandemic and zoom and speed networking and it became this you, know, you 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 meet all these people you, you you tag them on linkedin and you may never see them again because it's just like all right i got the name and i'll move on And it's like, okay, well, who are the really people that like, I can collaborate with down the road? Like what is, you know, and that's really personality based. What do you, I mean.
2: It's service without expectation too. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, I, I, and maybe I think this has been a gift and a curse my whole life. I can kind of weed through somebody who's bullshit and I feel it in my stomach. It's like, if you're trying to hard sell me, I'm out. I don't want that. Um, and, and the reason that I've been able to do this and, you know, how Kevin's building his business and I'm sure yours, um, you're building relationships with your clients. You're building relationships with the people that ultimately are keeping my lights on and making sure now for me, my kids don't really have toys anymore. I have a 17 year old and a, a soon to be 21 year old, both girls. So fucking pray for me, but um, <laughs> I'm paying for college. That is That is the biggest kick in the nuts because it's expensive. Yeah. And, you know, I, fortunately for me, I did the whole 529 thing. Yay. You know, but, it, but at the same time, you know, if I, if I can't build a relationship with a client who appreciates what I bring, who appreciates the value and, and it just kind of appreciates how I operate, they're going to stick around. And those are the people that you Build relationships with even even if it's somebody that like has outgrown you or it's a client that you know moves away or something, um, it, you still hope to have that relationship with them. And and I've been fortunate that that's been my story. Um, you know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I don't want to be. The people that want to work with me are the people that will work with me, and those mm. are the relationships. And they're not going to come from you know, speed dating through a zoom, whatever, with 100 people on the call. I'm sorry, like I, I have adult ADD, like there is no way I'm going to remember all your names and what you do. And it's not because I, I I I don't think that you're valuable. It's just it's too much for me. I, I can't, I can't no. network in that space anymore. It was great during to me during the pandemic, because it's like, oh, humans, I'm so happy. Um, but once once you kind of But you kind of build your circle. At least that's my story.
0: You build your circle. I want want to interject because we're talking about networking. And it's funny. I'm someone who, you know, I like to network. But I think one of the things I haven't liked about networking, which I want to get your input about, is clicks. Because it's funny is there's clicks and there's groups. Like, Kevin, you're in Harvest. Harvest is a group. I've seen you. I've gone to your your fundraiser. I was in a dunk tank. And anytime I've gone to an event, if I see you or Devin or, well, I'm friends with Jim Turpin or, or, you know, Justin, you guys always go out of the way to talk you're not like you could be the people that you go to an event and you sit in the corner but no you're out working because you're a group and clicks i don't get because you know i was at an event and i heard a guy he's like yeah come sit at the cool table and I'm like what are you fonzie like what is this like arnold's like it's we're not we're not in high school like why don't you become the prom king i mean i don't i don't get the clicks because as you said Relationships, it's all we're networking out building relationships. And I always say I'd rather talk to a dishwasher than a CEO who's full of crap. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the dishwasher is gonna be a lot more, you know, interesting. But what is your guys' takes on clicks? We'll start with you, John.
1: Yeah, I was never like I was never somebody who fell into clicks because I've always had like because I also have like ADHD and so I've always been interested in a variety of things. And part of the reason why I got into portrait photography to begin with is because I'm done going to school. So the only way I'm going to continue to learn is from learning from other people's passions. So whatever that is. So I love talking to people about like whatever it is. And I I read enough that I could be interesting enough at cocktail parties in a variety of different topics. And I like getting into that. So like Steve, when you talk about like the art of comedy, I enjoy listening to that. That's a, that's a thing that I don't understand anything about, but I love because you love it. Um, and I'm sure like, you know, Kevin, like we talk about the law, like I love certain aspects of law, like just because there's a there's a, Nobody loves accounting, Kevin, though.
2: It's OK, John. I'm not. <laughs> just well, you know, but, just but there know, are, there just are elements of
1: quick, accounting, a of way, of way you think through a problem, like the process of accounting, like the actual ledger, probably not. But like the way you think about how you attribute certain money into certain categories and why you think through that. Like that's, that's somewhat interesting to me because it's a thought process. I I like John,
0: John, you know, it's funny when you talk about that about extreme opposites that get along Kirsten and Kevin get along and Kevin's a deadhead and Kirsten's jamming the Queens, right? So it's one of those things, you know, but they, (laughs) they found that, that, happy median because i think like you said you care what people like i talked to kevin about the dead one of my best friends is a huge deadhead have i been to a dead shed no do i smoke pot no i used to but i had a bad i got really stoned in california and it was really strong and i had to call my friend to drive me three blocks home so i don't smoke anymore i said that's it never again but kevin told me about how he became a deadhead and that interests me and i think that's important but then you go to see these clicks back to clicks and and They're always talking to the same people. So how are you getting any business? I mean, what do you think about that, Kevin?
3: You're not getting business. That's the point. Like, honestly, I have been involved in a number of networking groups. And it takes me a little bit of time, maybe longer time than others. But eventually, you will figure out who's there just to ignore their wives and kids. (laughs) You see it. And I networked with one gentleman pretty heavily for a long time who would pull me aside and spend 15, 20 minutes out of the night telling me about how he can't stand his wife. She has no purpose in life. She needs to find something to do. And I'm like, this is your, this, like, you're here with me to make money for them. Mm-hmm. It's not all like that, though. Not like not everybody has their shit together. That's the truth.
1: Yeah. And
3: some people are there literally to get the free drinks and sit and mingle, or what they consider networking, really is just avoidance. I'm there to make a connection, say hello, say hey, what's going on? And get the fuck out. So I can go home and read the bedtime story to my kids. That's what I'm I'm I ain't there for the drinks. I'm there for the money. And if honestly, I walk into a lot of rooms. If I'm not making money in that room, gonna make money, going there to pick up money, or gonna talk to somebody about something that's gonna make me money. I ain't there. It's just the truth. Time's too valuable.
0: Okay. Well, how about how about you, Kirsten? What's your take on that? Because you know, you also do network a lot. And I know I know you during tax season, you disappear because that's your that's your gravy season. So yep. some people though, even though when they don't have business story, you can always tell if an accountant is doing well or not because if tax season, if they're out networking, they're not doing well. Cause you should be sitting there buried saying I'm working 16, I'm, 18 hours. I'm like hours. a
2: gazillionaire then because I am never out networking during tax season. And, and that was something that for a while, I almost felt like I had to apologize for um, mm-hmm. because you know, there, there is, there is that, that feeling of, you know, you um, know, if I'm not out there, I'm, I'm you know I'm irrelevant. I'm not visible. Eh, I have enough folks. I'm I'm fortunate enough. I have enough folks that know me, and that's really all I I want is to to know somebody and have them know me. And then if they know me, then you know they'll they'll send people my way, and I can do the same. Um, so clicks are funny, and I'm just gonna to to take the gender role here. Um, notoriously. Clicks are very like, especially in high school, like girl clicks are disastrous, right? Um, I, I apparently, through the magic of Facebook over the years, people would come out of the woodwork and friend me, right? And I'm thinking, I never fucking liked you in high school. Why are you reaching out to me now?
1: Because they want you to buy some, uh, you know, essential,
2: uh, a, yeah. Oh, <laughs> can you <laughs> send me <in> your cash <laughs> app? Like, what? Who are you? Um, but but for me, it was it became relevant um, because people would tell me, you know, you kind of got along with everybody. Oh, so I guess I wasn't clicky. That's a good thing, especially when you're a teenager, you don't know who the hell you are, right? You're just kind of bouncing around, you know, at least for me. Um, guess- but at the end of the day, there's no like... To me, if I can, I can smell somebody clicky a mile away also, and I just don't wanna be around that, that energy is nasty. And also too, I don't wanna be in a little tiny group where people are like, you know, talking amongst themselves in any situation that I'm in, let alone, and if I'm paying to be at a networking event, much like Kevin, I better be making some Quan when I'm in that, in that room, or why did I invest this money in and my time notably? My time in doing this. If I'm just going to be pulled into a corner and have you know people people talk at me for 45 minutes, I've accomplished nothing. So I I, I definitely have seen that in some of the and and I'll, I'll, I think it's rampant on Facebook. I mean I don't I don't know maybe Steve this is why you brought it up, but um, you can just see like different events that are posted and you're seeing the same people at the same events and the same people are posing together at the same events and. Me personally, I see that and I'm like, I'm not fucking going to that event. See, you know what's oh, funny? No, I'm not it's going fu- to that event.
0: It's funny you say that because and we'll get your opinion in a second, John. It's funny you say that because people notice that. It's just like people notice when people overlike. There's such like I know like on Facebook, a lot of comics I know, very good friends with Rich Scheidner. Great comic. We text back and forth, but people, because he's this Legendary guy will like his shit or make comments just because they're like, "Ooh, I made a comment," you know, on this guy's post. And you see yeah. that on LinkedIn when you sit there and go, "You." There's one thing to support people. We all need to support people. But when you're liking every goddamn thing, like when your mum's saying, "Oh yeah, I went to the proctologist," and you give like that love sign, there's a problem with that. Like you should not be doing that. It's, and first of all, i all, personally should be t- posting about going to the proctologist on LinkedIn. But it's just one of those things no one's done. That Kirsten, you're rolling your. No one's. I haven't seen anyone post. I'm joking. I'm, I'm
2: going to so scroll <laughs> it now. I'm looking for the Stop. That's what's going to happen now, next. I'm you, totally going in for that. Yep.
0: Now, John, John, what's your take on, on clicks? Because you're you. Well, never I, well, I was just
1: going to say about like the LinkedIn, like the ones that crack me up are like the ones that are pseudo. Like I was on my way to a job interview and I saw a dog on the side of the road. So I decided to take the dog to the vet, as, and I missed the interview. I got a call back the next day. I go in for the interview, surprise, and it's the dog. And it's just like you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like those like totally made up narratives, and then everybody's like, "Oh, that's such great insight!" I'm like, I, I don't know what you guys are reading, but yeah, I think I think clicks are weird. Like, there's a it's there's a fine line, right? There there are there there is your circle of people who you like. We were talking about before. You've built relationships with. You have a level of trust with them. Um, you don't need to go into the the surface level stuff anymore, right? Those are that's your close circle like the clicks feel like it's pretending to be that in public rather than like actual relationships. It's, it's the illusion of relationships rather. So either be out meeting new people or be somewhere else cultivating that relationship, go to dinner with a friend, like, as opposed to like being at the networking event with them, because you're not, if you're just going to be together, just go somewhere else and do that and actually have a nice time. Uh, you know, but I think clicks are like the illusion of relationship, and I think that it's
0: flimsy. Yeah, I want to. I want to start with Kevin with this because I, I'll start. But what bothers you about social media? And the one thing I've noticed is I hate the humble brag. Okay, my feeling is if you're good, like I seen you post, Kevin, you went in, you had a you had a case, and you kicked ass. That's perfect. You were good. You did this. But when people sit there and will sit there and go, oh, so you know it's I was walking down the street, like John said, to the dog, and then they sit there and they have a certain reason, like, oh, you know, I happen to be driving my car and I needed gas. Gas is so high because I was going on my way to pick up a million-dollar truck from a client I got, and they beat around the bush and just saying, hey, I'm good. Like I say, I'm a good interviewer, okay? I know that. I'm not going to sit there and go, I'm not. I'm not going to say, well, I was watching this person. He said, oh, it's a great interview. No, I'm good. Just like you are all good at what you do. That's one thing that pisses me off about social media. And it's happening more now. I mean, people are just getting more full of themselves. But I want to know, Kevin, because I know Kevin will gladly speak his mind. And that's what I love about him. What pisses you off about some things that people put on LinkedIn or social media? What, What bothers
3: you? I'm glad you conditioned that right? (laughs) And made it specific as to a thing. Uh, Because we'd be here for a while. Um, What pisses me off about social media is just the total phoniness. You know, what really matters in life is not how you're smiling for the camera. What matters is how you're smiling when the camera's not looking at you. And you see it, right? You look at these events, and you'll see the four people all together, you know, in a group, and they're all smiling, they're all happy-go-lucky. And then you see another shot of the crowd, but you see those same four people, and what are they doing? They're down on their phones, or they look like shit, and they look miserable because they don't know they're being photographed. And I think that's hilarious. That's how you really can see through people. Or when they say, like, oh, let's make it the best day ever, friends. Yet they're in a toxic relationship and they hate themselves and everybody around them. That to me is not fun. I'm out with my boothang. Yeah. well, your boothang and you were in couples therapy, and that's why you're out with your boothang, because your boothang and you thang were told by your therapist to go out thang. So <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, like that's phony shit that doesn't go very far with me. Um, and I don't need to put my stuff on social media to prove that it exists.
0: Well, I learned one thing. Actually, I don't know what the hell is a boothang. I've never heard the
3: term Fine boo up thang. Fine
0: It just <laughs> a boothang. That's that's a new term. We're gonna it's, I'm gonna get a, a shirt. It's that... a
2: term, it's a term of urban endearment for your significant other. Well, I've heard
0: I'm with boo or my but boothang. That makes no sense. I'm gonna get a shirt. That's as well. I'm not gonna get into the John because Kirsten uses that word. That's a word I fucking hate. The worst word. Ever, ever. <laughs> Ever. And if you play words with friends and you put John, it doesn't pop up. It is not a word. Why don't we yeah. just sit there and say, hey, you know what? A coleslaw. Hey, man. Hey, Kirsten, your hairdo. It's coleslaw. It's the same thing as saying John. It's bullshit. Anyway, what do you dislike about social media? Now that I'm all irritated about John, uh, what do you dislike? And I can't believe you use that. You're over 40. You're not allowed to use it when you're over 40. That's like saying, you. I'm, don't shame I'm, over, I'm, over, I'm over 50, and I will never say that's how. I roll no because you yeah, don't say that when you're over fifty. Kevin, but you're under up 50. With it. You that, can that's say that part of my
1: vernacular now. No, no.
0: Yeah. okay I mean, Here's I don't
2: use use like like the you know the whole Philly use is not a thing. Um, okay. well, that, that, John, just makes, John okay. just makes me smile.
0: Okay, well that's good. So what's your what's your non-John about social media? I guess because John would be a good thing. What's your John anti-John?
2: So Wait, we're not even going to go there because I, I, you know, you're the host, and I certainly don't want to piss you off. Um. So for me, social media started out as like kind of a connective space because, you know, I was in the beginnings of Facebook, right? Because, you know, I am over 40. Um, to me, social media, I use it as a scrapbook. So I kind of, if I post something on social media, it's because it's meaningful to me. I'm talking personal social media, but if we want to go business, social That's media. That's why I'm going to
0: go, business. What pisses you off okay. about business social media?
2: The um, that, that Kevin hit it for me yeah, right on the head um because i do i see i i know some of these folks posting things and i read their stuff and it's literally an eye roll i'm like are you fucking kidding you are so full of shit um in in all honesty though i i sort of i i just don't i i don't pay attention to it i don't waste the energy in being irritated by it because to me it's it's a reflection of the person posting and not necessarily my my use of the social media um I always have the choice to scroll right by it, um, but yeah, it just a, a lot of it uh, I feel has grown very disingenuine because there's people there's people out there that tote authenticity. Oh, I'm so authentic. I'm so mm-hmm. real. You know, keeping it real. Am I allowed to say that? Keeping, it, I'm just keeping it real. You could say that. But are but are you really keeping it real? Yeah. Because okay. I saw you two weeks ago. You are about as fucked up as a soup sandwich, and, you, and yet you're keeping it. The real for you right now should not be. Post it on social media. The other side of that coin, though, to play devil's advocate is if somebody truly is having like a fucked up time in life, maybe their therapy is posting positive things on social media or they're trying to fake it till they make it, you know, oh. human, human to human. Maybe that maybe that's their misguided. And I say misguided because to me personally, if you've got shit going on, you talk to people you trust and anybody else is none of their business. Okay. But, you know, that's that's I just feel it feels very fake to me.
0: And you actually, you gave me another word i didn't heard, soup sandwich. i never heard the word soup sandwich. That's I from like my that southern
2: word. husband. Actually, my southern father-in-law, was one of his famous sayings, was uh, that's about as fucked up as a soup sandwich.
0: All right, and you can have it for supper, right, Kevin? Yeah, supper. I've
3: never heard yeah, supper.
0: <laughs> now, John, what what do you hate about it? Because you have to use it, too, because you photography. And once again, you know,
1: people. But what what do you dislike yeah, and about I was social a, media? You know, like Kirsten, I, I was a, you know, I was an early Facebook user. I was a very early Twitter user. Um, I dabbled in Snapchat. I, you know, I have been on just about every platform. I had a MySpace account at one point, right? So the pivot from personal to business, you know, there's mine still has a lot of overlap in it. Um, what drives me bananas is that because there has been reward systems for expertise and people are filling spaces that they do not have expertise in. Right. And, and, It is pontificating for the sake of I now have a platform. And back when, you know, prior to the internet, when there was actual gatekeeping and you weren't allowed to have an opinion on a topic for which you had zero experience or education in, like now it's just everybody has an opinion about everything. And sometimes I think that we get lost between true experts in a space and people who just, I read a headline and now I have a paragraph to talk about. Right, and and we get into that where I think it gets insane sometimes.
2: Keyboard warrior, right? Isn't that the term for the person yeah. that like finds right. a piece of information and then you know makes makes importance so behind
1: it? A couple of years ago, NPR, I think it was NPR, actually did an experiment on Facebook. They posted an inflammatory headline in the link, and then if you were to actually click on the article, the article said this was a test to see if you would actually click on the article. There is nothing. This is a, you know nonsense. The comment section was just rage. None of them had actually clicked on the article. Like they read the headline and they immediately had an opinion on it. And you see that not only in like personal, you know, like real hot button topic in, in like politics and, and things like that, but you start to see it in business circles of like, you know, um, cryptocurrency, and which is a, it is a really complex place, but you have event you know, evan- uh, evangelists about it. And it's like, well it's because you don't understand well i don't think you will understand like it's not like you coded bitcoin and and you get into these spaces of like people aren't curious anymore they need to have an opinion because that's what as opposed to asking hey i'd love to learn more about this they have an opinion about it immediately and then they they double down it's
0: funny john it's funny you say that because i i saw someone share and if you're not familiar babylon b babylon b is like the onion Okay, it's a satirical paper. And I saw someone share this guy. He's really political. Nice guy, but he's just overboard political. And he shared this because he actually thought it was real. And all his friends scurried out of the woodwork and are yelling. And I sent him a message. I said, dude, it's satire. Like, don't do your research because people don't do research. I'm not going to talk about law. I'm not going to talk about accounting. I'm not. The only thing I talk about photography is if you're ever getting someone to take a picture of you, make sure they're under 30 because most of the time you're going to get a picture with a thumb in it or it's going to be, like, crooked. You know, you give it to a 30-year-old. Give it, give your camera to an 18-year-old. You're getting the best fucking picture you ever had in your life. Like, you you can frame that shit. But I I went to a concert, and my buddy gave it to this old guy, and I'm like, don't give it to him. Oh, So he gets it. There's five of us. Picture comes back. Thumb right in it. I said, I told you, dude, and I'm not getting another picture just on principle anyway so i'm well, gonna I wrap this... your
3: camera to michael j fox and expecting it oh
0: come it. on now michael is. j fox is, you could do that joke years ago don't make you know at least say audrey Hepburn. she's dead but uh anyway i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna wrap this up i want to i want i want you to give advice each of you run and give sincere advice to people who are are, are starting their business and and what keeps you going so we're going to start with you kevin you know what's some advice and what keeps you going because you're going to heat you're going to hit down spots what
3: keeps you rallying realize that people don't give a shit honestly like you have problems and guess what folks they've got problems too you're here for them to help offload their problems they don't want to hear about your problems now of course if you get you know your click and your that you want to talk to, and you know that that you're gonna rally around. Just keep this in mind. Every human being is made with one pizza in their hand of eight slices. One slice of pizza feeds another person. You only have eight slices to give. Don't give up too much of your own pizza and fail to feed yourself and try to feed too many people because you can't feed somebody on a half a slice of pizza so whatever you do just recognize preserve and value your pizza as you should and make sure you're not giving too much of it away
0: that's very good advice i like that pizza analogy i, I bought actually i got pizza after an event last night i had four dollars at uh, little caesar's and this guy got so pissed he i, I was i know curious i i i i saw the coupon and this guy's like i've been waiting 30 fucking minutes for my pizza and he walked out i want to like dude really like it's little caesar's like there's I was on in, in Pensacola. There's enough pizza places. You're bitching, and I always laugh when people bitch about waiting too long. Then they go somewhere else and they have to wait even longer. So they would just hold off for that last ten minutes instead of getting their car going and ordering, but I like that analogy, Kevin. That's that's very good. The pizza. Now, Kirsten, what's something uh, that that you would say? Give some insight. Give some wisdom, like Kevin just gave.
2: Don't be free to ask for help. Um. You know you you start a business because you're good at something. you've you've just discovered that you have passion for a skill that you can monetize. And if you're not expected to know everything, it's okay not to know everything because a business, running a business is not just the fact that John is is an amazing photographer. John has to be able to monetize that. So I would definitely encourage people to, you know, have, have trusted resources and lean on those trusted resources when you need help. Um, Don't be afraid to delegate tasks. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself um, because by investing in your business, you're ultimately investing in yourself. And, you know, to Kevin's point, you can't pour from an empty cup. So taking care of yourself means asking for help, doing what you're good at when you figure out how to get all that to flow and it doesn't happen overnight, you know, anybody who runs a business knows that there's going to be periods where you're, where you run into a hiccup or something happens or something unforeseen could be health, could be family, could be, you know, whatever. Um, Just make sure that make sure that you realize that you can ask for help.
1: Okay. And how about, how about you, John? What's, what's your insight? Mine is um is a little bit different, but it kind of falls along the same lines. It's remembering your why. Why are you doing this? Because like, you, know, you could do other stuff. Like, I mean, for me, like, I have I have a weird background of skill sets that I could go do some. So when things aren't going well, I have to go back to remember why did I decide to do this in the first place, and use that as my as my anchor to come back to. Because you know, you're going to drift back and forth, and you just want to stay somewhere in that middle and so like that's an important thing that you need to know when you're starting a business like why am i doing this and why would somebody want me to do this and and figure that out and if you can keep going back to that when it's feeling rough at least you have clarity of why you're sitting there um because it's going to be times where you really feel like i should just go do something else like you know like yeah like for 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 you guys it's probably a. there's probably days where it's a whole lot easier to say it was a whole lot easier when the clients just were delivered to me by my, by my corporate overlords than, than having to go out and go, you know, cultivate them myself. But there's a reason why you did that. And you just have to remind yourself sometimes.
0: Right. And my, mine is, mine is just don't be a jerk. And that's my credo and that's in life or anything, you know, just be a good person. I mean, we can be dicks sometimes. And I used to do a, you know, you could, I mean, you can be a jerk occasionally, but there's some people who are just jerks, and they don't get it. And they have to understand that you can't live your life like that. It's right. if it's business or personal. If you do, you're screwed. So anyway, I want everyone to uh, get in touch with you people. We're gonna give your info. It's uh, just give a little thing. How I can get in touch with you? Uh, we'll start with uh, John Cruz. How can people get in touch with you?
1: So uh, my website is johncruz.com. My Instagram, if you want to follow along with some of my um, photography stuff, is john underscore cruz.
0: Okay, Kirsten.
2: Uh, my website's the best, um, and there's links to all the social media presence that we have. So my website is kmtconsultingllc.com. All. One and right. how about
0: you, Kevin?
3: My site's katielawgroupllc.com. You can find me on all social media platforms, Katie Law, Kevin Deduke, and uh, that's where we are. And
0: people, you can go to thecooptank.podbean.com to find all the episodes. This will be on YouTube. We're going to start a new YouTube channel with a new show. It's going to be the Coop Tank if they if it's available. Because with my other podcast, coopertalk.com was missing, so I had to go to coopertalk.net, which uh, it's all right. And so, people do uh, check that out. Also, don't forget, look at go to Sweet Recording su S-U-I-T-E Recording.com because Joe Jemmy is the man. He produces the show. He'll hook you up. You want a podcast? I'll even coach you if you want a podcast. We'll bring you in the studio, and then I'll review what you did right and wrong, and you can go from there. So, people, I want to thank you for listening to the new revamped Coop Tank. I'm Steve Cooper. You have a great weekend.